0: Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni and you're listening to episode 16 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. This is going to be a two-part episode. Part one will be an interview with Orazio Darro, the president of the Federazione Italiana Rugby League. And part two will be our golden points for the week. They'll be released together so you can listen to them back-to-back or separately, however you like. Let's get stuck in.
1: You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places.
2: In
0: 1995, my dad took my brother and I to the Sydney Football Stadium for the World 7s. Here, there were 20 Australian rugby league clubs participating in a tournament over a weekend, which included a handful of national teams. There was Fiji, USA, and there was an Italian side made up of Australians with Italian heritage. I didn't know it at the time, but this was the first side representing Italy since the old Game of 13 competition back in the 1960s. And as an Australian-Italian, this side resonated with me. The expansionist inside of me was born, and I look forward to the day that Italy would be represented by a team of Italian-born players. So tonight, very excited to be joined by the former captain of the Italian national side, I believe, from 1995 to 2000, uh, and in 2013 he was appointed president of the Federazione Italiana Rugby League, a position he still holds today. Orazio Dardo, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, mate.
1: Michael, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Um... Uh, very honoured to be here and, and uh, share with you some experiences
0: and the uh, story of Italian Rugby League. Mate, I'm absolutely pumped. Everyone knows this one's close to my heart. So I want to learn as much as I can, give our listeners as, as much new information as we can. Yep. But I've got I to say first up, mate, do you have a nickname that I can, uh, that I can call you? Or your, might be a bit of a tough No, system.
1: well, a lot of the boys call me Rats. um Rats. uh They call me Rats. Um, uh, probably won't go to air, what some of them do really call me behind the <laughs> scenes. Um, but no, you can call me Rats, but they do call me
0: uh, uh, for short. So. Rats, done. Well, you can call me Cubs, mate, if you like, because right, that's carbs. what my, my friends call me. So, uh, yeah, very obvious one there. So, awesome, man. Well, look, we've got plenty to talk about. There's really sort of three areas that I want to touch on, but I'm sure we're going to bounce around. There's going to be plenty of cool stuff that we can we can share and, and discuss. Yep. So, look, I'm going to start by uh, – I'm going to start with a, a burning question that I had. So we know that the most recent incarnation of Italian Rugby League began in Australia basically in the mid-90s. And what most people don't know is there's kind of two parts to the Italian Rugby League. So you've got the FIRL, so the Federazione Italiana Rugby League, and you've got the FIRL Australia. Now, now for me, like, I've, all, I've never really understood, you know, is this two separate federations? Is it one in the same? Can you tell our listeners why this is and, and kind of how it works?
1: Okay, so just, just going right back to 1995. In 1995, um, the team was all Italians uh, from the Ancona region in San Benedetto, and Padova region, and I was the only Italian-Australian player. Okay. Um, the team was established and re- reborn by um, Mick Pisano and John Benigni, Um who Mick Pisano is still very active today. Um, the Over the years what we saw was, and as we all know, that Rugby League is very strong in Australia and that there is a large contingent of Italian Australians.
2: Yep. Um,
1: FURL, Federazione Italiana Rugby League, is the main body that controls Rugby League and the only sanctioned body of Rugby League in Italy. It has a subcommittee and... The board empowered in 2013 we had a restructure and I was invited onto the board. We had a restructure and we created a territories in England, France and Australia. Okay. Effectively, Ferla is a subcommittee of the main body, and we hope to one day establish Bodies in France and England, or recreate those as an Italian academy. Um, we acknowledge the name probably does give a little bit of confusion, but the role of the Furler body is to develop and encourage participation with Italian Australians. Yep. Um, it even, uh, to the boys' credit, they even encourage third generation or fourth generation players who may not qualify, but um, get them involved because Italian culture is a beautiful culture and we want to try and maintain that culture.
0: That's good to know because uh, my son won't qualify under the grandparent rule. It's his great-grandparents that were born over there, so yeah. he uh, he but might he, still be able to get involved.
1: He'll still be able to play the furler <laughs> and the boys are talking about, and I hope they eventually um, get to get this up, that they're trying to do some cultural days in 2019 with the furler um, participants. Mick Pisano is still heavily involved. Yep. Um, there's Rick Baitiri, um, yep brother of Taz, who's on that board. Um, okay. uh, Carmine Bar- Barbera is um, the president as a former teammate and a, and a true gentleman. Um, and we have Steve Kadri and Anthony Gagliardi um, and Nick Viterali are on that board and they're empowered by the main body, FURL, to grow and look after and make recommendations to the main board. Um, we give them full autonomy. So I'll give you an example, if there is a test, yep. we allow them to run and operate a test under our guidance and direction. Um, and Leo Epiphania is the main conduit between the two bodies in the sense of he's the coaching director. Yep. Um, and then he makes recommendations for players, coaches, direction. Um, yep. We're actually currently looking at a a restructure of how we can improve relationships, dialogue, and and big thing is opportunity. Um, you know, for Italian Australians, but also Italians in Italy, um, yep. having them come come to Australia and. Well, is there to be a vehicle for the Italians in Italy to come to Australia and develop and, um,
0: and learn. Well, I noticed there was... Um, I, I heard today, actually, a couple of the boys from the Saluzzo rooster side... Yep. ...coming the, over to Australia. So, so, Michele Oloko and... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
1: So, the two boys uh, landed, landed last night. I collected them at Brisbane Airport.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, they are uh, beginning their journey... Um, along with Simone uh, Boscolo to develop their the rugby league skills and um, you know improve to hopefully get themselves into uh, a World Cup squad
0: so will they be playing you know, like in the local Brisbane comp or um, what, what what's the yeah, idea so
1: Simone's been here or has been here was here last year played at Tully in north queensland and, and wanted uh, more of a challenge and come down to brisbane He actually has made the BRL reserve grade side at East Carina in Brisbane. Oh, great. Um, He's coming off the bench and he's had two games so far and uh, is performing really well. He's he's dropped um, a bit of weight and he's really working on his um, uh, technique um, as a hooker and around the ruck and speed and defence and understanding the game of rugby league uh, the two boys arrived from Soluzzo, um, That They're going to have an uphill battle because Simone has got a, a four to five month and they've missed out on pre-season. Yeah. Um, but they're young guys um, who are keen for a battle and, and really keen to understand rugby league. Um, and, and thanks to um, Karina, East Karina, for giving these three guys an opportunity to learn and understand rugby league. Yep. Um, but no, stepping back to Furla. Furla's role is purely and solely to encourage the development and growth of, of Italian Rugby League, whether that's Italian Australians or in Italy. Um, and they do a great job. Um, and give you an example, the last World Cup, they, they did raise a lot of money. Yep. And they um, also made recommendations and, and uh, their staff ne- negotiated with um, sponsors and players and managers to create... You know, professional outfit with myself. I, so, I'm not personally on that board. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm only on the Italian board.
0: So is it safe to say Furla really like financially, like that's that one of their main involvements would be like a financial arm, um, you know, helping.
1: Oh look, no, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, that goes off to the Furla boys for the financial support they have provided. Um, uh, general, you know, people like Carmine, Rick, and Mick. Um. You know, they arranged a function there last last year. I think there was, if I'm, I'm correct, I think there was 600 people. Um, you know, their their work ethic and, their, and and what they're trying to do for Italian Rugby League without being paid is phenomenal. Um, yeah. And, and the game wouldn't be getting the success if, you know, Carmine, Mick and Rick and Leo weren't there.
0: It, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I grew up, obviously, in an, an Italian family and you'd expect us to be watching soccer or kicking soccer balls around but in fact you know my dad was a mad dragons fan I've got my uncle was a mad dragons fan I've got another uncle who was a roosters fan another uncle who was a tigers fan and this was a typical sort of Italian family growing up in Sydney you know and there's there's a lot of that we're we're very passionate about our rugby league a lot of these Italian families so and it's funny because you Know Italy, sort of the, the, the question of like heritage players gets cops a lot of flack, yeah, for, for a lot yeah. of um international rugby league, yeah, uh, people against the international rugby league, I suppose. But but Italy kind of embraces the heritage well, players, we cop a lot of flack for that.
1: I've got to pass on to you, and, and this is where the partnership is between the the board in Italy and and Furla. Um, I've got it, we do have a w- working relationship, which is excellent. Look, we do have problems, it's like every, every group does. Yep. Um, but I will pass on the group that's there now is fantastic. Yep. And to give you, I can pass on for the 2021 World Cup, Italy will be um, playing in their squad eight domestic players who come. They must come through the Italian domestic competition.
0: That is fantastic news. And they will be yep.
1: nominated in the 24 uh, of that squad. Um, and I'll pass on, that was actually a wheelbarrow that was pushed by the um, Furler boys, and they supported that. Um, yeah, that
0: that's fantastic. Look, I think that's important because, like I said, I've been following along since 1995. I was a young boy, and I've always wanted to see... I always loved the idea, as I mentioned at the very beginning, of an Italian-born or Italian-born players representing Italy, and it seems to have taken a while to get to this point, but I think since you sort of became president in 2013, like things have sort of started to happen and they're, they're moving along a little bit faster than they have. Uh, we've seen it. There was a few players in the last World Cup squad that were domestic domestic players and we even had, I think it was uh, Mirko Bergamasco, who yep. was an ex-Rugby Union player who who represented Italy as well in the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, but look, it's obviously the, the Minicellos and the Tedescos and the Vaughans and the Avaras of the world, they have a place as well because it's obviously very important that we actually make World Cups and that Italy is a successful team. I, I say we, but is yeah, no, <laughs> su- You're right. It's, it's very yeah.
1: important that um, Italy is successful and it is difficult for International Rugby League to find that balance because if we don't have a balance in our playing staff, you know, there's safety issues um, going onto a field. Yeah. Um, you know, our last World Cup, you know, all of our players in that, in the, the NRL boys were, you know, super fit. You know, they're, they're, they're full time athletes, they're professionals. Um, and, you know, we've got to be very careful then bringing in and integrating a player via an uh, amateur competition. With with professionals and and that was proven back in two thousand and thirteen where uh, and seen where a player such as Cameron Ciraldo, yep. who NRL seasoned experienced player, um, received was on the end of a, a, a brutal tackle which um, saw him in end up in hospital in England for a week and and uh, lose his pancreas. Yeah. Um, so it is a really fine balance and. We're trying to get a development. Um, and that's where Leo is sort of in that role of the, he, he really is the, the mentor, the director of ensuring that we are ticking the boxes yep. and that the players will have to pass, you know, physical tests. And, you know, um, we're lucky with someone like Medco, if he was called into into battle, he he was probably used to the contact and, and yep. um, was seasoned battled. Um, but I, I think there's going to be a few surprises with the Italian Rugby League. Where look, World Cups are amazing and, and they're, they're very special. But at the same time, too, um, we want to, as a nation, um, and a, as a federation, get our competition uh, running and running well. Yep. And and ensuring we're kicking goals and and you know we're participating in a lot of the regional competitions that are occurring in Europe. Yep. Um, you know, so it's well, let,
0: exciting times. Let's talk a little bit about, I know you have a passion for development and, and particularly domestic development in Italy. Yep. So our, our listeners would be very familiar with the Saluzzo, Southwest Russes side yep. uh, in the Division 4 of France and the new club, the Lignano Sharks, yep. who are taking part in the Balkan Super League. So I've spoken to David a number of times and we've, We've shared a lot of information about these guys on the show. Um, So I've seen Italian championships played in the past. I've seen sides from Milan, Ducato, Sicily. But from what I understand, these sides usually appear to be rugby union clubs that play rugby league in their off-season. And it feels like we've kind of been in the rugby union shadows for a little while. But I'm seeing like Saluzzo in particular – they're very much a rugby league club, you know. They've they've yes. very much become their own in their own right, and yep. I'm starting to see clubs like the Ambrosiana Tigers in in Milan who started training in January. Um I've seen clubs like the Parma Cowboys yep. come about, and and I, look, it looks to me like a domestic competition is in the works. Is that true, or is there yeah, more? Yeah, no, tell you?
1: very very much so. And and look, um, while well, stepping back. Uh, Look, and the Italian Rugby Union um, is in a a period at the moment where, for rugby league, there is a lot of opportunity. Yeah, and um, I have some very, very good friends in in the Italian Rugby Union, and they're they're very good people. Um, But what's happening is the rugby league is being tasted um, by, call it rugby, rugby players. Yep, and They're wanting more. Um, That's that's,
0: that's awesome. Yeah.
1: And what's actually happening is you'll see a um, full-blown competition this year. We are doing baby steps. We will probably uh, achieve – we're shooting for 10 teams. Oh, wow. All teams must follow a set criteria of a full board, um, be a registered uh, Italian company. Yep. Um, They must have a president. They must – Uh, provide full squad lists. Um, They obviously must be insured. So we're going through and we're ticking all the boxes with all of those clubs and we are genuinely getting results. And I can probably say to you in this conversation that, yeah, there may be a hybrid club um, in there. Yep. Um, But I can say to you that these will all be genuine rugby league clubs with with rugby league rosters and and players who are just wanting to play rugby league. Yep, Th-
0: that's that's fantastic. Like that's exactly what I was hoping to hear from you mate. To yeah. be honest with you, so the four clubs we've mentioned, they're they're going to be in this domestic competition.
1: Yeah, so look, our um, we're very fortunate. We have we have had a, a recent re- board restructure, and the Ambrosonia Tigers are are probably leading the way, and we've got two gentlemen there in um. Uh, our, our secretary Roberto Morelli and Gianluca Raveggi who are the president and vice president of uh, Umbria Tigers, yep. and they are also have a heavy, heavy involvement in the new federation, yep. the new structure. They they'll be involved. Um, we you'll will ha- I probably can't mention it at the moment, but we do have a couple of rugby union clubs. That are joining and leaving rugby union. Oh and, wow! And becoming full rugby league clubs, like Salusore did. Yeah, um, beautiful. And and look, that's being open with everyone. That's because they've played the game of rugby league and and want more of it. And um, it see the opportunities that are there with rugby league. Yeah, um, rugby league's always been a, a working class sport and give opportunities to people. And and I think that's actually starting to resonate through in Italy, and people are seeing that opportunity.
0: Such a testament to our game. like It's, it's fantastic. It, it and is. It's a big testament. I, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, look, I'm, well, not glad, but I'm, um, I understand you can't tell me who some of these clubs are, but hopefully when, when the time's right, you oh, can and we next, can share it. In next
1: two to three months, there'll be a few announcements about um, uh, teams, but I'll also pass on, um, <laughs> we do have, um, it's not all doom and gloom and conflict with rugby. We've got yep. some really positive people in rugby, who who um, acknowledge and understand that uh, the sharing, as happens a lot in the UK, the yep. sharing of uh, skill sets, will only self promote. And uh, I think the Italian Rugby Union, uh, with their results that they're getting in the Six Nations, would benefit greatly from, you know, the resources that someone like a Furler or, or a Furl could provide. Yep. Um, so.
2: Look,
0: it no, makes it's going
1: to be interesting. A, interesting landscape in Italy in the next uh, five to ten years.
0: It makes a lot of sense, and you know, for someone like me, I've grown up in Australia, and and, and as you know, like you're a, you're a Queenslander, you're from Brisbane yourself, and yep. you know that growing up in Australia, you either like rugby league or like rugby union, or in in New South Wales or Queensland. Anyway, we kind of hate each yep. other, but it's it's interesting to see how it works overseas because there isn't that. That sort of tension there—you see it happening in the USA as well. A lot of the a lot of the clubs draw for, draw from rugby yep. union sides as well. It's obviously happening in, in Italy as well. And I, I know I, my, myself personally, I've got to try not to look at it as a bad thing. But it sounds yeah. like we are stepping out of the shadow and and becoming a sport in our own right over there. We right? are, yeah,
1: we are. Look, we do have to go through and achieve. Coney, we've got part government acknowledgement for our endurances. Yep. Um, but we don't have full um, government acknowledgement. We have to achieve uh, 50 50 registered sporting bodies. Yep. And um, look, we're on the path of that, and and, um, we're in the dialogue with touch associations and mergers, which will hopefully help us get to our our numbers that we need for Coney accreditation.
0: Fantastic. Well, I want to touch on some other areas as well. So... um... My family's Calabresi, so I've got to ask you, are there any clubs in, in Calabria? Or I, I don't assume there are, but... Michael, them, Michael, <laughs> Michael. Stay,
1: stay tuned.
0: <laughs> That's excellent. Stay okay. tuned
1: to some very exciting um, things, and, and I can pass on. Um, we have down in Sicily uh, Salvatore Pezzano. Yep. And um, he conducted uh, some coaching clinics in uh, Calabria.
2: Beautiful. And
1: sharing of skills and... Um, we had uh, teams, uh, players coming from Napoli to uh, be a part of those sessions and I can tell you it was a very big success and um, we're going through trying to actually formalise an agreement at the moment Yep. and um, fingers crossed that um, uh, we will have them on board and, and registered and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, Calabria team will be part in the... Um, Southern Division and play against um, the Sicilian teams. Yep. Um, And uh, we've also put the feelers out to Malta to submit a team in that competition. So we would have... That was was my next question, yeah. Yeah, our goal would be to have a a Maltese team um, play against the three Sicilian teams. Yep. And then um, one or two Calabrian teams also in that Southern Division.
0: That's awesome. Well, I wasn't expecting to hear that, so that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So look, uh, it
1: is. Um, look, it's very raw down there. The fields are very, are very, are like concrete. Yeah. Um, but the passion, um, and the excitement is great. Um, and and as you said earlier, that they do look at rugby league as, uh, you know, learning new skills. Um, uh, they do love the, the, you know, the involvement of the ball in hand, especially yeah. The forwards. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, not always going to rock and all. And please, I'll pass on. I played a, a lot of rugby in Italy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they Italian forwards are really loving the rugby league and and getting excited how much they get to run off the ball in their hands.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a big difference for anyone that's played both sports. Yeah. And and coming from one to the other, so that's um that's incredible. And it's good to see. It's good to see that. I guess we need to thank. <laughs> i thank some of the rugby clubs in a way for introducing the, even the concept of rugby league to to Italy because uh it sounds like oh,
1: michael i've got to pass on to you. this has been a long journey and yeah uh, probably a person it goes back to Tazba in nineteen eighty three Taz actually had a meeting with the with Milan about trying to uh, get rugby league started and and what Taz had done in the early years um probably never gets spoken about yeah um and then the Look, rugby, I need to thank rugby because I was playing at the mighty Souths Magpies and I got invited to Italy to play rugby union. Yeah. I um, mean that sort of started my journey. And then um, Mick and um, John Benini uh, found out about that and approached me. Yep. So yeah. no, you're right. We, we've got to thank them. And, and a big thing that I, I, I want to do with the Italian rugby union is help them and work together. And, and provide them with resources to be successful in the Six Nations.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, look, I never thought I'd be thanking Rugby Union, so this is certainly opening my eyes a little bit. Yeah. I've got Can I throw a random, very random question out at you? Yeah. So we've seen guys like uh, Colin Clayweg over in Serbia uh, joining forces, I suppose, with a big brand uh, sporting association in Red Star yeah. to, to form Red Star Belgrade Rugby League Club. Do you think there's opportunities for, say, a Juventus rugby league club or something along those lines, or am I just?
1: Look, no, it's something which has been discussed and something which is. Um, I'm, I'm actually working with Colin at the moment on, and we we will be talking to um, some Serie A clubs and putting proposals out. The issue is, um, as we all know, the sporting world and Juventus in particular, the brand is. Uh, an unbelievable brand. Yeah. And, you know, will they license a rugby league team and, and will they see that as damaging their brand or will they see it as embracing their brand as um, Red Star? Um, oh, oh, I don't know if we will be able to achieve uh, a Juventus or an AC Milan, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we were able to uh, merge and partner up with um, some Serie A or Serie B teams in the future. Yeah, um, I, I I think the um, the 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 soccer, the culture in Italy, they're clever. They understand their brand. Um, even though you know a lot of them are becoming privately owned, uh, they do want their brand to to go out. And if we can achieve what Colin has done, and he has proven that the the merger with Red Star is successful, um. You know, it it may happen, or another angle, it may happen with clubs like Benetton, or, or um, you know, other big Italian companies. The Italian landscape is is a uh, a very commercial and very exciting. And one good thing about the Italians is they are they are open to change. Yeah, um, they are open to being innovators and and looking at new concepts. Um, and, and I'm pretty confident that some things exciting will happen. I, I, don't, I don't think I can be arrogant to say we're, we'll, we'll be announcing um, AC Milan Rugby League or, or Juventus Rugby League. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so, but I think there there's going to be some exciting paths and I also then don't want to take away the opportunities off a club like Lignano because... Um, what rugby league needs in in a country of sixty two million is, you know, being embraced by uh, by governments and um, by the bureaucrats. And the the Lignano Sharks has been unbelievably embraced. And um, I, I don't know how we're going to go once that first rugby league ball's kicked, um, but I can tell you that there's going to be some exciting times there. That the, the The local uh, council has thrown full support, financial support behind the team. Um, And, you know, even most recently with the Palmer Cowboys, um, Palmer's a very, very strong, uh, you know, rugby region and has strong um, culture, soccer culture also, but was received very well by the local council also. Yeah. Yeah. the big thing Italians are on is, is participation, which is in the core values of rugby league. Um, and not everyone uh, is going to be a Maldini and or a Baggio, and you know there's all yeah. the different body shapes and sizes. And I think rugby league gives another opportunity.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and look, it's certainly exciting. Can you tell us? Let's going back to that this domestic competition. Yeah. Are there any dates?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're we're looking at this stage um I'll say at the end of end of May and we are oh, wow. we will be it. only um we will be looking at an eight to ten week competition. Um, yep. what we're hoping is the and, and the key to it is our southern our our southern uh, division um you know unlocking the Calabria um Situation and where we will be with that, but at this stage, I can say in this conversation, we definitely have the three Sicilian teams, and um, we'll be rolling through. and And the the winners of those will will go through and play for Coppa Italia.
0: That's fantastic! I can't wait for that, man. I'm so I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. And and the, the going back and then integrating Furla, Furla, um, and myself have been working with. Um, Australian Rugby League clubs and I'm pretty, pretty uh, excited to sort of put forward that an agreement has been merged and signed with, with um, East Carina Rugby League to um, support and be a mentor to the Abrazonia Tigers. Oh, beautiful. And um, Carmine uh, Barbero is, is working on and um, uh, partnering the Marconi Mustangs with a club in Italy.
0: And It's my old local, my old local club, the Marconi Mustangs. So, <laughs>
1: um, so to go back to you know, where does Furla lie? And that's that's probably it. You know, we we will generally have mentor clubs from Australia that will be, you know, there as advice lines, providing you know opportunities for Italian players to come to Australia, um, and players from Australia to go to Italy.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Those pathways opening up. I mean, yeah. you look at a place like Lignano and why wouldn't anyone want to play rugby league in a town like that it looks amazing check it out on google guys if you haven't seen photos but
1: if if i was um a young man i'd be jumping at the bit to play for (laughs) you because not only are you going to be in an italian beachside town you get to visit eight countries Um, yeah so it's a pretty amazing concept the balkan cup and um, Colin and uh, Dragon are doing an f- amazing job and probably don't get the acknowledgement that they really do deserve.
0: It's certainly growing fast and it's, it's a competition we talk about a lot on this show. Very yeah. exciting times. And how do you think Lignano will go? Do you know much um, about the squad at this point?
1: At the moment, um, a few names have been mentioned tonight who are, who are going to pop up and play. Okay. Um, the, the Balkan Cup will be treated that the, there will be Players from other clubs that will will come and play. Okay, Look, I don't think Red Star will be the most dominant team in that competition. Um, we are going to go with, you know, at this stage of the um, the roster is one hundred percent Italians. Yep. Um, but that's not closing on the door on any Australians or any any um, foreigners to go and play at Lignano. Yep. Um, we really want to give opportunity to everyone and develop. But I, I, Tiziano Franchini um, is going to be the coach. Yep. Um, I have put in a feelers out to a um, an ex-Canberra Raider to... Um,
0: is Terry Campisi by any chance?
1: Uh, um, you can't say? <laughs> same error, but um, he, 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 um, I'll call out to him, statue if you're there, Luke DeVicchio. <laughs> um Luke, um, uh, and this is probably what people don't realize, you know, we've had, you know, people like Luke DiVicchio and Terry play for the Italian rugby league who are very passionate about their heritage. And, yep. um, and Luke did reach out to me when he heard about Lignano and, um, he, he wants to, he wants to, he's looking for an Italian experience for himself and for his kids. Oh yeah. And, um, he's just looking at his, you know, his lifestyle and work commitments and, if he can go over there for a period and help Tiziano, so that's not confirmed, but um, hopefully Luke will be able to contribute.
0: That would be great. Like some of these heritage guys going over there and sort of teaching yeah. the Italian boys the craft. It's really important. You got guys even over there or in France, so nearby. So you're Brandon Santis and you're, you're Dean Paradas playing for Toulouse so that, that are nearby as well. So obviously we're you're starting to build this this just list of players from. Competitions all over the place that can Correct. pull on that Azuri jersey. So it's it's really exciting times. I, before we start talking World Cup, I just want to touch on Salutso as well. Yep. So they're they're in the fourth division in France. Yeah. What are, are there aspirations to to grow to elite one level, or is this Look, sort of just
1: that would yep. be? Yes. Well, to well, I would love to assist in um, Salutso. Marie Christine and Elio, there are doing a great job. Um, yep. Most recently, you know, they they're starting to. Sh- string together some wins.
0: Yeah, two in a row uh, as of last two weekend. In a row, and
1: <laughs> the boys coming down to um, Australia, it's, it is actually for them to learn, go back. The boys that are here are 18 and 22. Um, yeah. So they're here for a year. Look, we would love to get them to a higher competition. Okay. Um, what Salutsu have done, They need to be congratulated because they have been the probably the force to encourage other clubs to really become 100% Rugby League clubs. Yep. Um, There is a club very close to them which, you know, will be mentioned very shortly and they are coming on board.
0: You there? Yeah, mate, I'm back. Sorry, apologies. Beautiful. Now that's okay, man. Hey, I lost you at um, the club. Nearby Saluzzo, so if yeah, you want to so, sort of kick and, off from uh, there,
1: um, hopefully before the competition starts, um, we will be able to announce um, the uh, a new club which is basically come on board because of the successes, and that's what was their opening statement to me was, um, Razziel, we want to um, we want to become a Saluzzo roosters.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um,
1: so um, look. They've been absolutely fantastic. The French uh, rugby league have assisted, um, you know, greatly. So we're, we're, the Italian rugby league again is in a very fortunate position, and we're, we're, we're with the little uh, resources that we have in dollars and finances. We're doing unbelievably well.
0: Well, it's look certainly ten a ten team competition to me sounded okay. very ambitious, um, but listening to the excitement over there, and and the clubs and players that are wanting to get involved, mate, it sounds fantastic, and and I look forward to hearing more about it leading into May. And and look, I, I can promise you that um, chasing kangaroos will be covering the Italian league as closely as we can, man. So um, we'll we'll, we'll we'll keep talking it's about okay. it, <laughs> mate. I want to talk a little bit about World Cup. Yep. So 2021. So Italy's going to have a chance to earn. Their third place in a row yep. for, in terms of World Cup, so it all starts or it started, but it continues on this year when Italy take on Ireland and Russia for one of the final spots. Actually, two yep. of those teams will qualify. How confident are you?
1: Uh, one thing I have learned about World Cups and about qualifiers is that it does always come down to for and against, and yep. it is it will be it will always be tight and. And I believe this competition will also be for and against. I believe yep. Greece will go through and qualify, which will be exciting for the sport and especially that, you know, the region of the issues they have.
2: Yep, definitely.
1: Um, I, I'm excited. I believe, you know, uh, we, Italy, can and will qualify. Um, but this time round, I think that we are going as a group. We're going in with a culture of embracement and, and really everyone has the main focus that yes, we're gonna qualify, but we're we're also gonna have our competition humming and we're gonna have um participating domestics in our in our team.
0: Yeah, that's great. You hear about I hear about it a lot, the whole when you speak about culture, the una familia. So talking about yeah. just everyone coming together for that one goal and um it sounds great. In terms of heritage players, is there have any names any guys put their hands up yet or is there anyone that you expect will make themselves available for the qualifiers?
1: Oh. Look, I'd love to be saying to you that I've got James Tedesco. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't like your chances there. No. I think he might be playing for Australia.
1: No, look and, and I've got to thank Teddy. Um yeah. he put so much has put so much in uh into our federation in two World Cups. Um look Don't want to give too much away, but Leo has been working on some um, up-and-coming players. And what people yep. probably don't realise is, and uh, you know, guys like Anthony Minichello and um, James Tedesco played for Italy before they played for Australia. Aiden Guerrera. They
0: played. They played together, didn't they, Minnie and, and Tedesco in
1: 2013?
0: Um, yeah, that's, that's incredible to to think.
1: Yeah, I, I was lucky to play with Anthony in 2000. In back in 2000, in the qualifiers with Craig Salvatore as our, as our coach. Um,
0: Craig Salvatore, that's, that takes me back to my childhood. <laughs> and mate,
1: an ama- amazing man with a massive passion for, um, for his heritage.
0: Is he still involved at all? Um, or no, he's, sort of...
1: he's living down in um, Byron Bay. He, he did actually come to the 2017. I brought him in as a mentor, and he yep. came in and spoke to the players about what it meant for him to be Italian. And and his yep. involvement with the Italian Rugby League. And yep. he was kind enough. He actually brought um, a jersey and um, presented that uh, to, I think it was Daniel Alvaro, he presented a jersey to. His jersey from uh, when he first was involved with us.
0: Really, for me, like, he was a bit of a pioneer in terms of Italian Rugby League in, in the sort of modern era of Rugby League in Italy anyway. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, that that's fantastic. Mate, I'll, I'll, what about... um. In terms of World Cup qualifying, is there any talk about the women's team? We've just
1: held on the weekend a development camp and in uh, we had actually... Um, inc- we doubled the numbers of expectation. Um, so heading oh, great! the World Cup, I can probably say to you that we have put an application into play um, that yep. hasn't been confirmed. Um, I really believe in our women's team could be... In that top six in the world, and yep. I'd love to bring a, a full Italian team down to Australia. Um, and you know, there's some uh, some great players on the ladies team. Our our uh, shining light in Gioli Ceralini, Cett- his girlfriend, um, w- was playing in um, Canberra last year.
2: Oh um, well, wow. she
1: got a um, a bad knee injury, but. Um, look, we're building a really good squad. We ha- we did have a heavy loss to France,
0: France. But, yeah. Uh, the, I, think, I think it was sixty 0 last yeah, year, oh, earlier in the year, wasn't it? Yep.
1: People probably wouldn't probably realise. I think uh, we had, I think it was eight debutants, nine debutants. Sorry, and um, in that there was uh, a seventeen-year-old, and I think the of them were all under the age of nineteen.
2: Oh so, wow. Yep. Um,
1: look, big opportunities with with women's um, rugby league in Italy and, again, going back to participation. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully um, when this d- domestic comp team get, gets going, we'll have, you know, six t- ladies' teams participating up in North.
0: Oh, that's um, excellent so, news. Yeah.
1: Um, hopefully we can... Uh, keep pushing with their development.
0: It's really important. Like I've said on this show in the past, even in Australia, I think the ladies game could help grow the sport even more into areas such as Perth. I know there's a lot of women that play rugby league and rugby union over there. You see nations like Turkey really getting behind the women's game. Places like the USA are starting to do so. Jamaica starting to do so. And I just think it could be really important. We're a very inclusive game, whether it be, whether it be men, women, Uh, you know, people in wheelchairs, there's, there's, we we accept all forms. And and, that um... follows
1: through to, um, with the Italian government, I will pass on, they are really pushing the development of of lady teams and wheelchair. Um, So um, in actual fact, I I can see us probably getting more assistance for those two areas than, than men's.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's sort of happening in the UK as well. Yeah. You know, we're getting some some assistance and recognition for areas that you wouldn't expect. And we're really, as a sport, really, I believe, leading the way worldwide. So that's fantastic. But I want to ask you a question that you might not be able to answer. Yep. So feel free to, to knock me back here. But we've got a World Nines uh, World Cup in Sydney yep. at the end of the year. Twelve sides uh, have been invited. We don't know who those sides are. We can probably guess a couple of them. Uh, have Italy been invited? It's
1: a very sensitive one. I actually wrote to uh, um, the NRL CEO and uh, seeking clarification. Um, I'm yet to receive a response. Um, But the issue that Italy has is that we're ranked 13th. And 12th. But from a marketability, our brand, the Italia brand, the network that we have in Western Sydney... Um, and that was, you know, proof where we had the large function. We've got the large furler base, the large um, sponsorship base. I believe Italy should be at that World Nines. And, uh, um, they, you know, the NRL have purchased the rights to the event and they want it to be a success and without being disrespectful to other nations i think they'd be it'd be a wrong commercial decision not to have italy play in that yep. event
0: um, i agree with you i might be a little bit biased but um if italy were to take play take part do you think it would affect the qualification of um, the world cup side because that's all happening at similar I, times
1: and what i'd like to probably do with that is um, i probably would uh, i'd probably push to have uh, our World Nines have NRL players and yep. with a sprinkle of um, it, it, Italians. But the yep. uh, qualifiers uh, probably would not have any NRL players play in that event. Okay. But, Interesting. Um, you know, I'd love to see a concept uh, put out there where the World Nines, coached by um, Anthony Minichello, and um, you know, and, and have the Daniel Alvaro and hopefully Nathan's recovered from his pec injury. And...
0: Yeah, that was sad over the weekend. Yeah. But uh, I think they said maybe 10 to 12 weeks he can recover pretty yeah. quickly from these sorts of things nowadays, so, so fingers crossed. For...
1: hopefully uh, the NRL are listening to this and they, they, they do know the Italian brand and the strength of it. It was not just Italians, you know, a big community love those Italian NRL players and um, have, an, have an exciting competition.
0: It just adds a new flavour. And, yeah, I hope the NRO are listening too because that'll be awesome. Um, yeah. um, mate, okay, fantastic. I, what about development? Like, is there – are we looking – have we got juniors coming through? Are there other clubs putting putting together <coughs> junior teams? Are we being played in schools? Like, okay, so, what can you tell me about that? So
1: our um, – the person who's actually getting the most uh, traction and all of that is um, Tiziano Franchini. Tiziano actually um, – Last year, uh, was doing development within Italian schools, and um, he held two weekends of um, rugby league, and he's been very clever by using the Oz uh, Tag format to promote um, rugby league. Um, so we are working in the um, in the Veneto region. Um, we did do some work down in. Um, League. but uh, Saluzzo are uh, just about to go into some schools and do some work there. So yes, we are going into the schools. Um, one thing which Rugby League has got is a very, an excellent um, development programs, and and again stemming from Furler in Australia, and uh, with Anthony's mini fit, you know, there's some great things happening yep. with, with kids, and we're trying to then um, pass that on and, and teach people in Italy about development. Um, yep. I mentioned earlier about we, we've we signed with um, East Carina and development there, and hopefully we'll have some other clubs uh, come on board and, and be mentors. Um, the biggest junior base is probably in Milan at Ambrosania. Um, they have a very big base.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: and... That, that region is really starting to be positive. And I'll take my hat off to to Gianluca and Roberto for what they're doing in that area.
0: Is there anything else that I need to know oh, about or our listeners need to know about I'm, that's I'm happening over there? i in
1: trouble for this one, but I, I think I'd like to, <laughs> that's
0: like what we to like. Like. <laughs>
1: share it here. I'd um, I, I, um, like to share with everyone that uh, the Italian rugby league has been awarded the under nineteen European Championships to be held in um, twenty twenty. They'll be held in Lignano.
0: Oh, beautiful! The, what a what a
1: what... Uh, Bella Italia um, Sports Resort, and um, that uh, will be followed through with hopefully two weeks of rugby league events, which will probably be uh, hopefully the biggest rugby league event we've ever had in Italy, and we. We, we want to have um, a women's event, um, a tag event. Um, hopefully, we can have some um, heritage teams, invite some heritage teams to come over and play. Awesome. Um, so, um, it, that's going to be a very special time for, for Italian Rugby League, but also an opportunity for our federation to... You, you know, have some uh, economic benefit, but at the same time promote the game and and hold a a, a really special development opportunity. Um, so yeah. that this would probably be outside of the World Cups. I, 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 if I had to suggest the biggest development uh, milestone, it would be this event.
0: Yeah, that's ex- crazy. That's exciting, man. So we've got. I'm assuming that's just going to be a couple of weeks jam packed full of rugby league in Lignano, which is jam packed, um,
1: with the main event being the under 19 euro, which that was last held in Serbia. Um, And hopefully, we will be able to integrate a social nines event, a women's event, um, a heritage event, um, and really make it uh, a fun time. and for Italian Rugby League.
0: When is this happening? Just for Michael Book. Over holidays.
1: September, <laughs> um, awesome. September. So, Michael, you'll have to get your tickets and, and get your um get the leave pass off to your wife. So it'll be September 2020 in Lignano. So I, I still think um you might even still be able to work on your um on your on your uh, suntan. One
0: final question. I want to look into your crystal mate 30 we've been three World Cups three more World Cups tell me what does rugby league look like in Italy both domestically and internationally Uh,
1: Okay, crystal ball my my personal goal is to have a solid long term uh, domestic competition which would run over a six-month to nine-month period. Um, we would have layered competitions. We'd have uh, a federation which is touching, um, you know, development from the north of Italy down to the, the south of Italy. Um, rugby League is recognised as, as, a, as a sport in Italy. Um, we then would hopefully then move through where we would have a World Cup team that would still hold um, the involvement of um, Italian-Australians, but equally players that have come through the domestic competition. And um, James Sedesco will take Italy to a a semi-final series and and he's retiring uh, international (laughs) for Italy.
0: Fantastic. Captain, coach, maybe. uh, How old will... Captain. How old will... how old will Teddy be in twenty thirty? Might be, might be Cameron Smith's age, maybe. So that could that could work.
1: Oh mate, <laughs> many many started with us and, and retired with us, and uh, and uh, hopefully James will do the same thing with us once he's um broken all the records and um and uh, will be the the, the greatest uh, fullback next to Anthony Milicello in rugby league.
0: We certainly know how to produce our uh, Italian-Australian fullbacks, yeah, mate. Yeah, That's and, fantastic. And on that,
1: um, another little scoop is um, our Leo and his furler boys are working on a, uh, I won't mention any names because I don't want to take the, working on a young prodigy to come through who they're saying will be just as good. Um, and he's 15, oh. 16 years old and he's coming through the furler system as, as, um, as Anthony did and as James Sedesco did.
0: That's fantastic. Well, um, Hopefully he doesn't turn up for the Roosters like those two boys. <laughs> Hopefully he's a dragon or some something like that. That'll be fantastic, <laughs> Who do you support in the NRL? By the way, I should uh, ask? Is um, a Broncos fan? Or? Um, I'm.
1: I'm. Um, you just you just said it there. Um, believe it or not, people think I'm a, a Broncos supporter, but I um, even though I love Wayne Bennett because Wayne Bennett was a Brisbane, I'm a South Brisbane South supporter, but I'm a Roosters supporter.
0: Ah uh, um, no, so, no. Um, I I, th- I thought you were a good bloke, Rats. No, I don't no know, people now. are a bit
1: shocked at that, but no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the mighty Brisbane Magpies were my team growing up with Mal Meninga, Gary Belcher, um, Wayne Bennett. Um, that was uh, Peter Jackson. Um, that was uh, an amazing rugby league team. It was Chris Phelan.
0: Yeah, what a side. Yeah.
1: Um, it was a pretty amazing rugby league team in Brisbane. And they, uh, a lot of those guys went on to, you know, uh, to Mal, the immortal, and, and be some unbelievable um, rugby league players.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. You guys breed them up there. You know, you know what you're doing up in Queensland. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm just glad New South Wales got one back last year. So, but anyway, we I won't we won't get into that discussion. We won't
1: cause...
0: get into that. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate. Orazio Dado, mate. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, sharing this information with us. You're always welcome on the show, mate. If you ever want to come back and give us any info, or no. again, if you if there's anything you want to share with me. Um, I'm more than happy oh, mate, to, look, to I'm really let our fans out.
1: Maybe we can do some live broadcasting from Lignano in, in um, uh, 2020 and over the two weeks, and um, that would be something
0: exciting. Mate, that'll be sensational. I'll start working on my leave pass with the missus now. Cheers, mate. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, I learned a shitload about Italian Rugby League tonight. What a conversation with Orazzo Daro. I hope you enjoyed it, guys, as much as I have. And if you did, you know what to do. Please like us, share us, rate, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Hashtag Grow the Game, guys. We love our international rugby league here. And you know who else loves it? Our affiliates. Mascour Browns. So there's an affiliate link in our show notes and also on our Facebook page. Jump on there, buy your international rugby league gear. A couple of dollars will come our way to help us improve the podcast. A couple of dollars will go to the nations or clubs involved, depending on which jerseys you purchase. And came out today the Nigerian rugby league jersey. It's the first time it's available anywhere. So check it out while stocks last on mascourbrowns.com. Jump on the affiliate link. Guys, that's about it for part one of this episode. If you want to get more International Rugby League fix, then you can check out part two, which I'll release at exactly the same time as this one. It's got all of our golden points for the week, so check that out. And until then, fuck you, Nagadi. I mentioned the not the sevens in nineteen ninety five. Were you playing in that side yeah, or I was the
1: captain. I was um
0: that's, that's so funny man, that's crazy. Yeah, I
1: was the captain of, of um and there was all the players were from Italy and I actually should have said it during the thing but mate, that time um I finished my playing at, at um you we actually there was still the laws in Italy where you'd get banned for playing rugby league. Oh wow. But they came and they pushed me from rugby league, but that was different.
0: Yeah, but yeah, well what, they it's what
2: pretty we hypocritical. Because
1: all the boys, they were all from Italy. There was I was the only Italian Australian. And mate, they they all changed their names and they all played under their mother's name. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot to tell that story. That that's a true story.
0: No, that's okay. Well, what I might do with your permission, I'll yep. um, I'll just edit that bit right at the end. We'll, yeah, we'll work, we'll work that out. So I'll I'll let you tell that one, man. If you're happy for me to do that. Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni, and you're listening to Episode 16, Part Two of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. If you've just listened to my interview with Orazio Daro from the Italian Rugby League, I hope you listen right to the end after the theme song because there's a little bit of gold uh, right at the end. So go back and listen if you haven't. But otherwise, this is our golden points for the week. Hope you enjoy. Well, guys, I wanted to run uh, a part part two to episode 16 tonight wanted the first part to be all about the italian rugby league there's a lot of gold in there a lot of um a lot of awesome news uh a lot of stuff that surprised me as well and a few scoops too so if you haven't listened to that please make sure you do so but i look golden points is probably our most popular segment people message me about it every week every day uh people tag me in things uh they give us suggestions for what could be golden points, so I really appreciate that, guys, to all our listeners out there. Keep doing it. Uh, happy for you guys to be a part of the show. So we've got some golden points to go with this week. Uh, I'll try and make this one short because I know the interview with Orazio was uh, would probably be one of our longer episodes. The interviews always are, but let's get stuck into some golden points, and I need to start... Uh, in Serbia, with a public correction notice. If you follow us on um, Facebook and, and Twitter, you would have seen this one. But in last week's Golden Point segment, I incorrectly stated that Red Star Belgrade coach Brett Davidson uh, would be suspended for one year after an all in brawl which took place in the recent Super Cup match between his side and the Partisan Belgrade team. Uh, I misinterpreted that information, guys. I'm really sorry. Uh, his suspension will, in fact, be for one week, not one year. So pretty, pretty poor uh, interpretation on my behalf there. I do apologise for the error and for any confusion it may have caused, but but good news for, for Red Star. The coach misses out on, on one match, not the entire season. So sorry about that uh, to Brett and those involved. Guys, um, Golden point, uh, moving over to the UK and North America. So this was probably the biggest uh, story to come out today. I'm recording on uh, Tuesday night Australian time. Uh, I feel like we've mentioned possible North American teams attempting to join the English Rugby League pyramid in pretty much every episode of our podcast. So this one's no different. And finally, we have a statement from the RFL. uh, And I'll read that out to you right now. So the board of the Rugby, League, uh, the Rugby Football League considered at last week's meeting an application to relocate the Hemel Stags and another new application to launch a club in New York. Both applications are judged to have the potential to help deliver the RFL's strategic vision. They are at different stages, but a degree of further due diligence and assessment is required on both to ensure that the financial and business plans presented are deliverable. So in addition, the board recognises the importance of further expansion, having the support of the other clubs. And accordingly, the board has asked each of the consortia to present to and take questions from the existing Bet- uh, Betfred Championship and League One clubs, after which the RFL will uh, gauge support. So um, I always find it interesting to hear statement. Uh, we have nothing really to say yet and that's what it kind of that's what this kind of was for me we've we've we sort of knew all of this stuff it confirms that uh, the clubs need to vote uh, the super league clubs aren't really involved which is probably uh, not not a great sign for the for the for the bids because obviously their goal will be to eventually be in the super league uh, we do know the New York uh, consortium is is led by Ricky Wilby, and he'll be pushing pushing forward as best as he can. Uh, the other one we believe is Eric Prez he purchased the Hemelstag RFL license after the hemel side dropped to dropped from the league one to the Southern Conference um, look we await news uh, from from these presentations in in the next couple of weeks and uh, but I think it is safe to say and safe to assume that. There will be no new clubs from North America in twenty twenty uh, but look let's fingers crossed for twenty twenty one as for who that where that uh eric perez uh led club will will be uh we're not too sure yet we've obviously heard a number of of rumors in a number of cities uh we've mentioned them in previous podcasts. I haven't really heard uh with any uh confidence uh that it of where it might be so i'll probably leave that alone for now and hopefully in the coming weeks uh, we do hear more and it is a major topic on our show So golden point over to the NRL and speaking of expansion, uh, I watched NRL 360 uh, last night and Phil Gould spoke to Todd Greenberg uh, regarding expansion for the NRL. Again, it was pretty much a case of uh, we're putting serious thought into what the NRL footprint looks like but have not yet made any decisions. Uh, Brisbane 2 and Perth appear to be high on the agenda, which uh, Jake and I predicted on episode 15 of Chasing Kangaroos, so well done to us. Uh, Todd Greenberg is unsure as to whether this will mean two new franchises or relocation of two struggling Sydney clubs. It could simply also mean that we need to find ways for more games to be played in places like Perth and having a game a week in in Brisbane. So uh, Phil Gould went on to predict it may be five to ten years before this sort of expansion starts to happen. But look, I guess it's good to hear someone uh, giving it a time frame, which we haven't really heard before. But as, as we say almost every episode as well, hopefully expansion is on the agenda for the NRL, and it is something we do hear some more concrete news uh, later on in the year. Guys, golden point over to the Pacific. And this one is more of a comment than news, but last week Fiji Barty head coach Brendan Coston was quoted saying, that he believes a Pacific nation will win one of the next three World Rugby League Cups. Uh, I think it's certainly a possibility, especially the way the pathways are are currently opening up for Pacific-born talent into the NRL. Uh, For these nations to really threaten for a top place, though, we need to start seeing quality halfbacks rising through the ranks uh, from these nations. If you throw a good halfback, into the Tongan side, not, not, no offence to the current halves there, but if you throw a, a Stacey Jones or a, a Sean Johnson or an Andrew Johns, uh, some of the best players to play the game, obviously, but if you throw quality guys like that into a Tongan side, a Fiji side, a Papua New Guinea side, a Samoan side, then definitely possibilities in the next three World Cups. So really exciting to see, and definitely that was one that caused a lot of debate uh, on our socials. Guys, golden point moving over to Italy and I mentioned this in my interview with Orazio Daro, but last week uh, I spoke about the Saluzzo Northwest Roosters they had an impressive win in the French North Division 2 well, the Italian club have gone back-to-back for the first time in in their short history in the French leagues. So they defeated the Pamiers side 18 to 17. They were down 13 nil at half time, and the Roosters came back and scored the winning try on the final play of the day. So it was a, a kick from the fullback Cadell uh, to the winger uh, Michele Locco who uh, scored the try, and he's actually one of the players who touched down in Brisbane uh, this morning, and will be uh, playing some lower grade rugby league over here in Australia and learning the trade. So good on the Roosters for uh, two wins in a row, and uh, yeah, probably their most successful season in the French league so far. So uh, if you listen to, uh, if you haven't listened to my interview with Orazio Daro yet, uh, please do because there's some really exciting stuff there for the domestic game in Italy. Guys, golden point. So over to the ACN Super League. So last week we mentioned the first games were being played in that central uh, central division in Thailand. So there's four teams there. It's the largest domestic rugby league comp in Asia. And um, we saw some team, two teams from the Mekong zone. So I believe this is more the northern area of Thailand doing battle. Former champions of Thailand, the Ubon Wild Bees, defeated the Mukandan Blue Nagas. 64-12 uh, to 12. so sorry for the mispronunciations but as we know wouldn't be golden points without me doing that. Um, there'll be two more teams uh, who will take part in the Mekong zone uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, that'll bring the competition to eight teams so far and I believe there may be another zone as well so we could see maybe 12 teams in the SEN Super League. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong guys, reach out, let me know uh, but we'll keep following along with that one and giving giving some news as we go. So guys, Golden Point over to New Zealand. So former Parramatta Eels, Canberra Raider and New Zealand Warriors player Justin Morgan has been appointed coach of the Kiwi Ferns and he'll coach the side through to the 2021 Women's Rugby League World Cup. Uh, Justin seems to be a popular choice after years of experience coaching Hull KR in the Super League as well as various uh, assistant coach roles in the NRL and for the New Zealand Kiwi side as well. Uh, Speaking of the women's game, Golden Point over in Jamaica. So history was made last week. Weekend with the first full girls rugby league match played in Jamaica. The Cedar Grove Academy uh, defeated the Ascot High team 8 points to 4. Uh, really exciting stuff in Jamaica. They're just growing in all aspects of the game. Efforts are currently underway to develop a national... Uh, framework for all levels of the women's game in the country uh, and we understand that conversations are currently being held with the Canadian Rugby League to have their woman, uh, women's team uh, travel to Jamaica for a match in 2020 with a uh, reverse uh, fixture to be held in Canada in 2021 so really exciting times uh, in Jamaica and Canada for the women's game. Guys, Golden Point and in Ghana. And thanks to um, Max Giaroli, our listener from up in Queensland, uh, for suggesting this one for our Golden Points this week. He contacted us via Facebook. Uh, We saw the University of Ghana Interhall Rugby League competition take place uh, last week. So four teams. Uh, The team that came first was the uh, Akuafo side. Second was the Commonwealth Third was Liman, and fourth was Jish. Now, I spoke to the guys from the Ghana Rugby League to gain some more insight into this one. Uh, they told me that this was the first time the University of Ghana have held a tournament for this for their students since 2016. Uh, the tournament will be played annually from now on, which is very exciting for development over there, uh, and they're excited to, to let me know that the National League will kick off in May. So we'll try and bring you news from Ghana in future golden points as well, guys. Uh, speaking, uh, staying in Africa, so Golden Point in Nigeria. So the Nigerian Rugby League have unveiled their fourth domestic team, so we've been following along with these guys. It's the Eco Trinity, Uh, and and good to see yet another Super League side uh, getting involved with development in Nigeria with the Wakefield Trinity, agreeing to provide kits, send coaches over and sell Eco Trinity jerseys with profits going directly into development work for the Eco Club. So good stuff with Nigeria. I think we're expecting some more domestic clubs be named in the future as well. So we'll keep watching that. And I think the comp will start in a few months as well. So really exciting times in Nigeria. Guys, uh, golden point, let's talk a little bit of NRL. So Expansion Club, the New Zealand Warriors, they're sitting on top of the table after the first round of the NRL last weekend. They crushed the Bulldogs 40-6. to And look, the main reason I'm mentioning this, it's just really great to see the Warriors open, opening their gates and offering free entry to the game as a sign of support after the devastating events in Christchurch last Friday. Our heart here at the podcast, uh, Chasing Kangaroos, goes out to our, our neighbours across the ditch. And uh, look... Really great. Rugby League really rallies behind the people and the people really rally behind Rugby League as we've seen this weekend in the NRL. Guys, Golden Point and Papua New Guinea, not great news for the Queensland Cup side. The P&G Hunter, they yet to score a point in two rounds. So the Hunter lost to Northern Pride 24-0. to We know there's going to be a lot of rebuilding uh, for the side this year, uh, but hopefully the P&G Hunter can turn it around in weeks to come. Guys, Golden Point over to the championship in the UK, and it seems Toulouse are the hot expansion club in the UK pyramid at the moment. So they backed up their shellacking of Toronto last week with a shellacking of Borough fifty to nil. So Toulouse are now second on the ladder, behind Toronto, who crushed Batley. They got back in the winners' circle, and they won thirty-four to twelve. Really loving the championship. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, um, just really exciting times. And uh, I wish I could watch all of those games happening over there as well. Guys, golden point, let's move back across to Serbia. Uh, so the Serbian second division, there was a game uh, a couple of nights ago. The Tasmanian, uh Tigrovi, so the Tigers, they beat Red Kangaroo, which is Red Star Belgrade's second division team, 68-16. to 16. So Red Star teams aren't used to getting beaten by that sort of margin. So I dug a little bit uh, deeper into this, and what I found was that the Tigers, uh, they sort of came out of nowhere for me. Um, so I've contacted a few of the players and an interesting story started to unfold. So the Tigers were a former Serbian Division 1 team and they folded, I believe, around uh, 2016 from what I understand. But I could be wrong there, so apologies if I am. Uh, but they reformed this year uh, by a number of uh, Dorkul players who were unhappy with the way the Dorkul side was being run. And they decided to bring the Tigrove side back to life. Uh, Dorkel, as we as we do know, was the original Serbian powerhouse. So before Red Star Belgrade showed up, uh, Dorkel were winning grand finals left, right and centre. I believe they may have won 12 in a row, which as a St. George uh, Dragons fan, or St. George Illawarra Dragons fan, uh, I thought 11 in a row was the world record. So Dorkel have, have 12, so I could be wrong there. Look, I understand the players want to see the clubs come together again, mainly for the sake of the history of that Dorkel brand. Um so we'll see what happens. Uh hopefully it can be can be sorted. Um and I uh, uh, hopefully it, it means that uh the Dorkel side will still be able to to put up a strong team against Aris in round one of the Balkan Super League in the next couple of weeks. So look we'll watch that one closely. Um it'll be a shame if, if that side was depleted for the Balkan Super League, but uh could be good news for the, the Greek side, the Aris Eagles I suppose. Could could mean a, a victory for them there. Uh, But we'll see what happens, and look, if we hear anything, uh, we will let you know. Once again, if I'm wrong, please correct me, guys, because I'm translating a lot of this stuff, as you know, Uh, just trying to get the news out there. Uh, Guys, final golden point for this week. So we do know that the Athens combined side, they played a rep team from Heavy Woolen, during the week, an under-23s rep team from Northern England. They lost 60 points to nil. It was a tough match for the Greeks. Uh, The pace and the the sheer skill was just that level above. Um, But this will be... This will, will, I guess, be a big learning curve for the side. I think they would have gotten a lot out of it. I know it sounds strange, 60-nil loss, but I think they would have learnt a lot. And it will be very interesting to see what happens in 12 months' time. There'll be a return match in the UK, between these two sides. And uh, I'll be watching very closely to see what that scoreline is. And uh, hopefully it's a lot closer than 60-0. to But guys, that's our golden points for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with our regular uh, episode of Chasing Kangaroos. I should have Jake or Charlie or hopefully both back with me next week. But we'll just see if the schedules line up and we'll see what happens. Hopefully we've got some news about, you know, teams from New York and and other exciting things as well. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll talk to you then. And if you haven't listened to my interview with Razzaldaro from the Italian Rugby League, uh, please do so. There's some really insightful stuff there. As always, please remember to share, like, subscribe. Uh, do all those good things. Uh, get... get Get the podcast out there, guys. Let your friends know. We certainly love doing it, and we certainly love the feedback we're getting. So, you know, please keep reaching out. Have those conversations with us on social media. And uh, as anyone that has reached out via Instagram or Facebook or Twitter recently uh, will know, uh, we love having having some good rugby league chats, guys. So, so keep building that community. Uh, absolutely love it. Guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, and, yeah, hashtag grow the game.